0: You know you are capable of more, because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. When it comes to building a successful, fulfilling career, one of the things I hear about most often is the need to develop a growth mindset. I also hear from clients all the time in the corporate space that they want their employees to have more of a growth mindset, that they want their employees to have more of a growth mindset. All right, I'm we'll gonna share this over one more time. When it comes to building a successful, fulfilling career, one of the things I hear about most often is the need to develop a growth mindset. I also hear from corporate clients all the time that they want their employees to have more of a growth mindset. But what does this mean and how can we develop more of a growth mindset to help us in our career? Well, today we are going to talk about how to develop that growth mindset and a resilient mindset to help you do anything you want to accomplish in your career. My guest is Karen Allen, who is an author, speaker, and coach who empowers highly motivated individuals and business leaders to harness the power of their mindset and develop the self-awareness necessary to overcome challenges and achieve their full potential. Karen is also the author of the new book, Stop and Shift, which is available as an ebook now. And we are excited to have her with us today. Karen, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Andy. I love every time we talk because it's like just gushing with energy and knowledge and like we're both learning along the way. Yes, (laughs) not to
0: mention happiness and positivity and friendship. Um, I'm just always so excited to talk with you as well. You have so much value to share Um, and I want to jump right into it on this. Uh, I've talked about this a lot. I know we hear about it a lot, but some people probably hear the term and they're like, I still don't understand what is a growth mindset? What does that mean?
1: Yeah. Funny you say that because I had a client bring me in one time to do a keynote and it was because they started to use the term growth mindset and the entire organization had no idea what they were talking about. They thought that they were talking about like, going through a reorg. Like they thought they were talking Mm. about how do we grow our bottom line? So there's this big misconception. So this is a really great place to start. Yeah. So the term growth mindset was first coined by Dr. Carol Dweck. And she actually wrote a book called Mindset. So in her research, she was talking about how intellect is not just something that you're born with, right? Your intelligence is not like capped at a certain amount. We all have the ability to continue to grow and develop skills. And she was specifically focusing on students because there were some people who would say, oh, standardized testing. Well, that's just because it's measuring your um, what you've learned, but also your natural ability. And so what she wanted to prove was that you can cultivate your intelligence. You can grow through mistakes, which is a huge pillar of growth mindset. And basically your aptitude is not something that you are just naturally born with, but it's something that is developed through attitude and effort. Now, the reason why a lot of people are talking about this today in the workplace is because I don't know about you, but I kind of was brought up in the uh, corporate America where you were expected to have it all together like period, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You you couldn't have anything going on at home. Uh, if we brought you into this job, you better know everything that's listed under that responsibility, right? Maybe we'll throw in a little bit of personal development, maybe a, a smidge of professional development as well. But for the most part, we expect you to come with your A game all the time.
0: <laughs> and don't talk about anything going on at home.
1: Right, <laughs> exactly. And so with all of that, what people realized, what leaders realized is that's ridiculous. We are working with humans, complex beings who go through ups and downs because life throws ups and downs. So what we really wanna focus on is where do we need to tap into? Where do we need to build? Where do we need to help empower our people so they can get through the roller coaster of life? And I think it was actually at least the first uh, company that I saw really pull this into one of their core values and be very open about it was Microsoft. The new CEO, I think it was about maybe five years ago, started to generate some more interest around how do we cultivate a growth mindset in the workplace with the core pillar of we should feel free to make mistakes. Because you know what? It's in those mistakes that we learn more, that we grow faster, and that we're even offered the opportunity to be more creative. And so instead of feeling shame when we make a mistake, Let's use it as an opportunity to learn. And so that core piece is really what has trickled into corporate America. And I could not be happier (laughs) that we are finally, uh, you know, bringing humanity into the workplace and allowing us to be human because we are flawed beings, but it's more so about your capabilities, not just what you are naturally good at, but like your willingness, your attitude. And again, that effort.
0: Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, of course there are natural abilities and things that we excel at naturally, but <clears throat> there's a lot of things we can learn. And you know, you talk about what a growth mindset is. And of course, all of that is the opposite of having a fixed mindset, what Dr. Dweck also talks about in her book. And that idea of a fixed mindset, which I think I grew up with, was this idea that you're either good at something or or you're not, right? If you try something and you don't succeed, you're probably not very good at it. If you do well on a test, you're smart. If you don't do well on a test, you're not smart. And it's almost like a defining thing that we live by. And therefore, we are so afraid of failure because if we fail, that means we're not good at something and we probably shouldn't be doing it Um, whereas with a growth mindset, we can try something. If we fail, hmm, that's new information we can use to learn from. And then we can try again. Uh, I find that's a much better way to live than with that fixed mindset going through life.
1: Absolutely. absolutely, And it's something that we can't just expect for people to have. It's really a conversation that we need to engage in so that people feel psychologically safe to acknowledge the things that they don't know, or if they made a mistake, or if they're just interested in learning something new instead of feeling any shame that, you know, that could feel really scary. And I don't know enough to get into it. Like, no, the more we have conversations around this, the more we normalize the journey of evolving into our best self.
0: You also mentioned Microsoft and of course, um, it's famous, a lot of startups in Silicon Valley famous, he said, fail fast, fail often, and like encourage failure, but that was uncommon in the corporate space. And I've done a lot of work and research on this and, and how this leads to innovation. And the problem has been people are so afraid of failure, right? If I try something and it doesn't work out, I'm going to, I'm going to be punished by my boss or by the company. I might even lose my job. So there's no point in trying something. And if I'm not willing to try something, you're not going to get any new ideas. You're not going to have any new innovation. Um, But if you want to be seen as creative, you want to create new things, you want to try new stuff, uh, you've got to be willing to risk failure so that you can grow.
1: Absolutely. Because how are you going to learn if you keep using the same tools, if you just stay in the box of what you already know? There's no growth there. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're living, you should be growing. So let's think about it from the perspective of, I know that taking this risk could produce failure, but it's not win or lose, it's win or learn. And that's something that I try to instill in all of my clients. It's the story that you create in your head, because when you think about those thoughts, then you will notice if they are either putting you into action or if they're stifling your growth and keeping you in the space of inaction, which is honestly detrimental for any human. (laughs) At that point, you are literally withering away, right? And so I think if we can uh, just shift that mindset instead of thinking, oh, it's either win or lose, And coming from a a former athlete, I'm telling you, that is a hard shift to make, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but if you can just shift that and see, okay, I'm, it's not a win or lose. I'm actually, even if I don't get my hundred percent outcome, if I get some sort of result from this, how can I build from there? Mm -hmm. That right there, man, that's keeping everything moving forward.
0: And at least we gave it a shot and, you know, full disclosure, this is the second time I've hosted a virtual summit. I still have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm committed.
1: <laughs> As I'm adults, committed. can we normalize not knowing what we're doing? Just exactly. I'm committed away?
0: to, I'm I'm kidding because I did take a course and I did it before and I know a little bit, but of course, I'm sure I'll make some mistakes along the way and uh, and I'll grow from that. This all about learning. So speaking of that, how can we, now that we know what a growth mindset is, and how important it is, how can we... Uh, develop more of a growth mindset in our career and our lives?
1: There are so many ways that we can do this. So one of my favorite ways is always trying something new, always. And so you, it could be, you know, I'm going to try a new hobby. Maybe I'm going to sign up for a cooking class. Because what, what I'm fascinated with personally is, yes, growth mindset is a skill, but the way that it actually changes our brain functionally, chemically, and structurally is like, It's mind blowing to me because a fixed mindset, we are using the same um, neural pathways, right? We're just hardwired to react certain ways, to live certain ways. And we don't change that, but a growth mindset, every time you do something new, especially if it's hard, you're creating new neural pathways in your brain. So I think about that and I'm like, I compare it to working out. So, if you wanted to, you could only do leg day every day. <laughs> but, but who only wants to have really tight legs? Right?
0: If, you were, if you were comfortable with that and you really yeah. wanted big legs, yeah.
1: I I want ginormous cats. So I'm only going to work on my legs, but no, we all know that we actually want our whole body to be strong. Right? So we have to switch it up a little bit. Well, it's the same thing with our brain. We cannot stay in a stagnant way of living. If we want to be stronger, if we want to be more agile, we actually have to put ourselves in different situations. So we continue to strengthen all of our muscles, all of our skills in our brain. So trying something new is a great way to do that. Always saying, Yes, to something that is hard, as long as it is not going to uh, hurt your well being, is mm-hmm. also a really good thing. And here's a great example if you have kids and your kids want to do something fun with you, instead of saying no because you think it's an inconvenience, just say mm-hmm. yes. Just say yes. And the reason why I say that is because you never know what you will learn from your kids. You could learn something about yourself. You could learn something about them. You could learn something about the world, right? But saying yes to being in new situations and discovering is a great way to build a growth mindset. And the last one that I would say, whatever area or profession you're in, learn something just outside of it. And what I mean by just outside of it is, here's a personal example. When I was building my business, I looked for a web developer and I had three that failed me and I never got a finished website. And I was so upset with myself for wasting that money and I could have given up and I wouldn't be here with you today. But I said, I'm going to learn how to build a website. Why? Because it was important to me and my passion work, but also because I believed enough that I could do it. It wasn't going to be perfect. It wasn't going to be, you know, showcase worthy. Mm -hmm. But what I recognize is because I did something that was just outside of my profession, it actually helped to build my confidence for the other skills that I needed to continue to learn and cultivate that directly tied to my work. And so doing something just outside of the box helps you to see and build your confidence to know that you can do anything.
0: Yes. And doing things outside of our comfort zone is always a great way to grow. They say growth happens on the other side of discomfort, Uh, trying new things, great way to grow and learn. And and who knows, maybe it's something you really might enjoy, like whether it's speaking public speaking or, uh, developing a website or coding or hosting a virtual summit. You just never know until you try uh, to see what happens. And if it doesn't go well, at least you can learn something from it. Um, but if you never give it a shot, you don't learn anything.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: So we talked about what a growth mindset is and how to develop more of a growth mindset. Um, I think this leads well into the next question which I know you're really big on. How do what's the key to unlocking greater fulfillment, joy and inner peace in our careers?
1: Where's my book? Where is my book that I'm currently obsessed with? It's probably by my bedside. So have you ever had a moment where you knew something deep down inside but it came from either a podcast or some other source, and it helped to like crystallize that thing that your intuition was trying to tell you. Yes. That is what this book did for me. Okay. <laughs> so the book is called The Great Work of Your Life hmm. by Stephen Cope. When I tell you anybody who has a little bit of a flame burning inside of them, that they know that they should be doing more or that, where they are right now is not where they're supposed to be, please pick up this book because it is a game changer. And I'll tell you why. In it, he's actually referencing a, uh, a book from, I think it's called, oh, it's called the Gita. And so it's from, from Buddhism. But what's interesting is it touches on everything that we just know to be true. And where it starts is this deep desire inside to do something. And we don't know what it is. I actually think that finding your purpose is a journey. It's not like this aha moment. I think the more you grow, the more you actually find out what that is. Mm -hmm. But in this book, your purpose would be called your Dharma. And it's kind of like, it's your vocation, it's your calling. And he unpacks this. And again, this book, I'm not going to give it all away. But what crystallized for me is that I knew if I were to Look inward. What were the gifts that would make me feel alive? So I could point that out, right? Uh, Working with others, get a lot of energy from working with others, speaking for me, and also teaching because I love to learn. So I like to share what I've learned. I'm a student of life. So I didn't know where that would fall, but I, I can look inward and see, like, that's what I absolutely love to do. And I also love creating. So when I was reading this book, it helped me to see that it's not just me, we all have this. But sometimes we just choose the stagnant way of living. We just choose to check all the boxes. Okay, I'm going to go to school. I'll marry this person. We'll have two and a half kids. We'll have a dog and a bird. You know, like we just kind of go through all this stuff. Yeah. But once you get a taste of doing work that really lights you up, you can't ignore it. And we've all had that maybe for a couple of hours or maybe for a day or maybe in one job, we had that. But what happens is when you tap into that What's so unique is the thing that is inside of you is actually meant to serve the world. Hmm. It connect. we all have, we literally all have this and gosh, I can only imagine what the world would be like if we all actually tapped into this. Cause not only would we feel the greatest fulfillment because we're living in alignment with our authentic self. But we would also feel the rewarding, meaningful work that's tied to helping others. And it could be something that is like teaching in training and development, but it could also be taking care of animals. It could also be, you know, uh, songwriting. It could also be uh, being a first responder. We are all uniquely wired to do something that contributes to society, that helps others. And so when we do that, when we tap into that, when we are obedient to what's inside of us, that is when you experience the greatest fulfillment. And I, I mean, I'm like gushing over this right now because I'm towards the end of the book and I'm so thankful that it was introduced to me because I, again, I see that we all have a glimpse of it, but sometimes- we let everything else get in the way of what we know we should be doing because we listen too much to outside sources, other people's opinions, yep. expectations that are even projected on us. And we start to ignore what we know is really what we're supposed to do. That's yeah, that's why
0: I, you know, I talk about a lot of people are drifting, they're operating reaction mode, looking for, you know, doing what they think society says they should do instead of really living intentionally. Um, following their curiosity and their passion and living life truly for themselves. Uh, and we know that's the number one regret of the dying is people saying, I wish I would have life, lived a life true to myself. Yes. Uh, so you're getting this advice, you're getting this wake up call now yeah. to live a life true to yourself. Um, you know, find your inner peace, find your passion, mm-hmm. follow your curiosity, try new things develop a growth mindset. Now, Karen, we've been talking about all this stuff, developing a growth mindset and and trying new things and getting out of your comfort zone and all that stuff. And I'm sure people are saying, well, this is great, but I am swamped at work. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I am challenged. Um, I've got challenges that are coming up, possibly some tragedies dealing with, you know, possible burnout. How do we get past some of these things to make sure we're focusing our time and energy in the right places?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. So you don't find the time you make the time. Mm. And what's so important about making the time is recognizing that you are making yourself a priority. So we want to do all these things, but you, sometimes you just have to sit down and write down everything that you're trying to do and look to see what has most of my energy, most of my attention, most of my time. And am do I really want that to be the case? (laughs) Like, is that actually where I want to spend most of my time? And there is a shift, you know, there's a lot of shifts in your mindset as you're unlearning old behaviors, as you're saying no, instead of saying yes to everything. But if you start from a place of, I'm not going to find the time, I'm going to make the time, then you are setting a very clear intention about what's most important to you. And I hope that everybody knows that you are most important to you (laughs) because everything comes from you. But most importantly, nobody else knows you more than you know yourself. So you know what you need, you know what you wanna do. And even if you don't know what you want to do, you have a sense of what you don't wanna do. And so you at least need to start saying no to some of those things. But if you can at the very least, do some of the things that will start to take care of your uh, your, uh, mental wellness. If you can start to nurture your mental well being. And the reason why I think that that's the starting point where you have to really make time, because all of your best decisions, all of the creativity that's waiting to burst out inside of you, all of your problem solving skills, it all comes from a healthy mindset. And so you may feel like you're torn, you're all over the place, you're burnt out. Let me tell you something, burnout, it doesn't just happen. It actually builds over time until you get to a point where you actually, Actually, hit a breaking point, and you can say, I'm burnt out. You're normally not like, oh, I'm on the road to burnout. Like, that's not what happens. But you can notice if you feel weary. You will notice if you feel underwhelmed and unfulfilled. So, if you're feeling any of those things, start taking care of your mental wellness. Little things like taking a break in between meetings, making sure that you're drinking water all day, because it's actually really good for your brain. Even I see that, hey, water. (laughs) Also making, also making sure that you are, um, you know, going for a walk, because one thing I think is fascinating. People don't know. is like when you're out in the sun, you get vitamin D it's really good for your energy. But did you know that vitamin D continues to work after you're not in the sun? So even just going out for a few minutes is so good for your total well-being. And some people think, oh, well, I can't, you're saying go to the gym or what self-care is like taking a bath. (laughs) There are so many little mindful activities that actually impact multiple areas of your well-being. So it's not as big as a lift as you think, but it does start with you intentionally making the time to prioritize your well-being.
0: This is a great, um, so much great advice there. And I'm, yeah, I love all that stuff. Definitely get outside, take a walk, um, prioritize, 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 think about what you want to do and where you want to go in life. Um, We talked about all this stuff. There's, a lot going on in the world. And you and I have both faced big challenges in our lives. And we know other people are going to face a lot of challenges along the way, the road towards their goals. Uh, What do you recommend for people to develop more of a resilient mindset to be able to handle those big challenges that come our way?
1: Mm. You know, I am a recovering perfectionist. So (laughs) hello to all of my fellow recovering perfectionists. (laughs) And I think what, where we need to start is we expect That if we do certain things that life will be perfect or it'll be easy or it'll be smooth sailing, we need to stop doing that because that is what makes any hardship even harder. That's what turns pain into suffering is because we somehow think that any hardship or challenge is unjustified. I'm not saying that it's right, but I am saying it's natural. So what I would like for us to do is to first accept that life is messy and no one is perfect. And so instead of focusing on trying to create a perfect life or find the perfect job or find the perfect spouse or create the perfect, you know, moment to then go out on your own and be an entrepreneur, instead of all of that, instead of focusing our energy into that false reality, instead, I think we should be focusing our energy on building the skills and the mindset to get through all of the hard stuff. We need to anchor ourselves to things like joy and gratitude, not because it's woo woo or it's this like toxic positivity, but because truly when you build on the good, the good gets better. But guess what? When you build on the bad, you know how that ends. (laughs) So it is a matter of choice, but I think the very first thing that we need to adjust is that unrealistic expectation that there are things we can do to maintain a perfect life. I know, you know, this, and I'm sure anybody who has gone through a hardship recognizes it's not what you go through. It is how you go through it. That creates the imprint in your life. All of these hardships, they create an imprint. But my question to you is, is that imprint going to be bitterness? Is it going to be anger and resentment? Or is it going to be that you now have a deeper appreciation for life, that you're living with a new, you know, fresh breath of air where you take nothing for granted and you maximize every moment and you laugh at the little things and you cherish those things that you used to overlook because either way, it's a choice. So that's what I would say. Don't focus on trying to make things perfect or trying to make things, you know, go a certain way, we cannot predict the next two or three minutes, let alone the next 10 or 20 years. (laughs) So instead of focusing on that, focus on where you are and building the skills to get through all that life may throw at you. 100%.
0: uh, And you gave us a lot of great advice and skills that we can use today. And I hope that you if you're watching listening, you're taking notes on this, and you're going to put some of this stuff into action. Because I've done a lot of the things that you talked about, and it has helped me get through so much and develop not only a growth mindset, but a resilient mindset. And this kind of outlook on life that I just love everything going on with life. I appreciate everything that comes my way, even the challenges, right? And have gratitude. I write down my gratitude every single day, uh, every morning after my morning meditation. uh, And I find it just, it brings so much joy and happiness (laughs) to my life and it makes everything so much easier. So Karen, thank you so much for coming on and sharing today. This has been really wonderful, really uh, helpful. Uh, And I know you have a new book that has just come out called Stop and Shift. Where can people get this book?
1: Yes, well, if you head over to my website, heybeautifulhuman.com, that's heybeautifulhuman.com. You will not only be able to find a link to the book, but also the podcast, the blog. I'm constantly sharing as I'm learning. (laughs) So I would just say head over to the website and you can find all the resources that I have available.
0: All right. Heybeautifulhuman.com. Check that out. Uh, and of course, if we'll have any more resources from Karen, we'll be sure to send them your way. Karen, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Andy.
0: All right. And for those of you watching at home, I hope you got a lot of value out of this session. We talked about what it is to develop a growth mindset, the importance of maintaining that. How do we develop more of a growth mindset? We talked about what a fixed mindset is. We talked about uh, developing a growth mindset to uh, try new things. We talked about finding your passion and the things you do, things you enjoy doing. We talked about how to make time for what's most important, making yourself a priority, the importance of developing a healthy mindset, developing a resilient mindset, um, and the importance of not expecting life to be perfect. But to just focus on making progress, to be grateful for what we have and developing a resilient mindset along the way. So, hope you get a lot of value from this. Thank you again for watching. See you next time.